This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by Showtime Cappers himself at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Matt Siegel is how I know him. But nonetheless, we're just here to give you plenty of more picks for your football weekend. It's week five in college football, week four in the National Football League. We're the normal Friday gang here on Full Slate, and we hope we can make you guys some money this weekend. Matt, always good to chat with you. How we doing? Greg, Greg, what's up? I'm excited for this weekend. NFL Week 4, College Week 5, like you said. Unfortunately, I believe we got two teams on a bye, so that's one less game for us to gamble on. But nonetheless, the season is getting into full effect. We have three weeks of NFL to look at, four weeks of college football to check out, you know, and now we are really starting to get into it. We are really starting to see who are the contenders, who are the pretenders. We got three and O teams. We got O and three teams who's saving their season. Who's getting eliminated week four going to tell us a lot. Oh, I know. I totally agree. I think this is, you know, the quarter turn of the national football league season for everybody except the jets and the 49ers who won't play their fourth game until next week. So starting to get to the point of the year, when you know a little bit more, you have a few more data points, which always makes it a little more interesting as far as a handicapping perspective. But let's jump right in. And as always, don't forget, here, Greg, Melvin Gordon, he's back for my fantasy team next week. And I go. can't be any more excited. And it doesn't seem like he's going to play on Sunday against the Dolphins, but uh, no, he won't. He won't. But he'll be back right. next the following week. And I expect two touchdowns out of the man. He's hungry. Keenan Allen posted the video. They're hyped to have him back in the locker room. He's a beast. So we will certainly get to the National Football League later on in the pod. But as always, we start in the college ranks. And I'm actually going to give you my max play for college football week five right out of the gate. It's the Maryland Terrapins plus the six and a half. I'm also playing Maryland on the money line for one unit. Uh, Here's what I'm looking at. Maryland at home in College Park against what is Maybe not in Penn State's mind a rivalry, but Maryland, I know, is going to be very jacked up for this game. The head-to-head historical series between these two schools has been very one-sided in favor of Penn State. So that's why I say maybe Penn State doesn't quite treat Maryland with the same animosity that Maryland treats Penn State with. But in, in a way, I think that actually is an angle that I'm looking to exploit here in favor of Maryland. Both of these teams are coming off of a bye, and you have a Maryland team 
that it's really hard to fathom how they got in the red zone so often against Temple and time and time again could not punch it in. Uh, in I wasn't upset game. about it, Greg. I wasn't upset about it. Neither, uh, neither was I, as I was, I, I was on my owls catching the points and on the money line as well, so I'll gladly take it. But now I, I looked at this game, and it was part of the reason I liked Temple against Maryland two weeks ago. I thought that there would be some look ahead with the bye week and then Penn State coming for Maryland. Now they get back home. And they've had to stew over a game that they probably should have won against Temple. And it's none other but Penn State coming to town on Friday night under the lights, nationally televised game on FS1. And let me tell you also something, Matt, about Penn State. I have not been that impressed with them so far. They played a putrid first half against Buffalo in their second game of the year. Buffalo went to the locker room with a 10-7 lead before Penn State got its act together. And then Penn State, extremely fortunate to pull out a 17-10 victory against Pittsburgh two weeks ago, thanks to Pat Narduzzi's ineptitude kicking the field goal on the on the one-yard line. So I just don't think Penn State is good enough to be laying a touchdown in a conference game, throw in the motivational factors for Maryland, like I mentioned. I'm on the Terps plus the points. Greg, I love where your head's at. You know, personally, I didn't take Maryland plus six and a half yet. Keyword, yet. I will evaluate that later in the day. So everyone stay on my Twitter. That could easily be an ad. But as you guys know, I put it out earlier this week. I am on the Maryland plus three and a half in the first half. For a lot of the same reasons Greg likes the full game, I like Maryland to come out in the first half at home, rowdy, and get the party started early. We've seen Penn State struggle to start games early against Pitt. We were on Pitt. You know, we saw how they really, really just – and that was at home, Greg. I mean, you know, right. on the that road. Like a slow start for Penn State. That was a home game for the Knicks as that well. That was another slow start for them, you know. It, I just Penn State, actually, they did come out big in the second half. Uh, that, that one game at Pitt, they didn't, and they didn't get the cover against Pitt. But like you said, Maryland views this as a rivalry, Greg. I don't know how much Penn State really does – but I know Maryland does, and I know Maryland's going to come out Friday night lights. They're going to come out, and they're going to cover three and a half for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they're leading at halftime, and that might be a play I look to add. This is a very interesting game. I'm definitely going to be looking at the second half when halftime hits. Like I said, stay on the Twitter because I might, I might add the full game. But for right now, I got Maryland plus three and a half for the first half. Well, there you have it. Our first play is a max for me on Maryland. Full game plus the six and a half. I will be taking the Maryland money line for one unit. I already have. Uh, and Matt, and make sure in the first half plus the three and a half. Go ahead. Get in. What else you wanted to say about Friday night before we move? Oh, on? I'm sorry, Greg. Didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to make sure everyone checks checks Greg and I Twitter for the rest of our plays for the Friday night lights because we're going to move on to the big games on Saturday. But I got a few nice little one unit guys to keep you occupied while you're out drinking at the bar. <laughs> there you have it. So let's get right to it with an early consensus play for both of us in the noon Eastern slate on Saturday. And we're going to go, I guess, a little bit off the beaten path here with an independent team taking on a group of five team. And we're going to take the group of five team in the Mac, a little match in for you. The Toledo Rockets at home on the money line. I got them at plus 115 and they welcome in the BYU Cougars. And this is just a classic let down college spot that I look to play. And I know BYU didn't have its A game last week against Washington, but think about BYU four games in. They opened the season with an in-state rivalry game against Utah. Then they go to Tennessee, an SEC opponent, and they pull out a dramatic overtime victory. Then they double have a overtime. Or double overtime. Thank you. Um, then they have a huge outright upset against USC. Double overtime again. Exactly. And, and last week, while they lost the game, another nationally ranked opponent uh, in the Washington Huskies. So after all of that, you're going to tell me now that BYU, this is this may end up being, there's obviously some TBD start times as well for BYU the rest of the season, but this is their earliest start time yet. Obviously, BYU in Utah traveling to Ohio to play Toledo at 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time, I guess 10 a.m. Mountain Time for them. And you have a Toledo team that been a pretty successful group of five program of late. Uh, obviously, the coach now at Iowa State, Matt Campbell, was very successful at Toledo and moved on. And uh, Toledo has been scoring points, uh, 41 
against Colorado State last week, 45 against Murray State the week before that. And they put up 24 on a Kentucky team that, if you watched Kentucky at all last year, you know they pride itself on really good defense. So, Matt, here's what Dragon, I'm seeing. They put up a fight in that game. They were tied 14-14 at half. Right. So here's what I'm seeing. I see a Toledo team that's going to get out early and that's going to score points. BYU, body clocks might be a little bit of a factor, as I mentioned. And I think BYU is just going to be chasing this game the whole way. Therefore, I'm not really that worried about taking the two and a half points because I think Toledo wins outright. I'm on the Toledo money line. Greg, you took you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I took the plus two and a half for top play. I'll probably end up playing. I mean, if you play the money line, that's fine. I don't think the points are going to be a factor here. I think Toledo at home gets this done. One of the bigger games on their schedule. A class, exactly. classic, classic letdown spot for BYU after playing four teams, although they're two and two, playing four teams clearly well, well above Toledo's status and pulling out two of them in double overtime and losing to another two nationally ranked teams at home. You know, this is clearly a game that BYU is not going to get up for as much as Toledo at home gets up for. Body clock's an issue. Travel, slight issue. I got Toledo at home rolling easily in this game. There you have it. We're consensus on the Toledo Rockets on the money line for the better price. Don't worry about the points. You're going to take us to Madison next as we go into the Big Ten. What do you got on the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, Greg, I, 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 it's a crime, I think. I, I can't even put it out of my words. I'm, I'm stuttering so much because I was so happy I was able to get Wisconsin minus 13.5 in the first half. It, two touchdowns, literally, I, I think I'm robbing someone with that. It, it's just unfair. The Badgers, obviously, I got the better end of you, Greg. I got to brag a little bit. Last <laughs> week against Michigan, Go ahead, you know, I can't say left. you're wrong, but – yeah, kind of were wrong. You know, Wisconsin, what, what, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. You'll get me plenty more times. What can you say about Wisconsin, Greg? 3-0 and this year, 3-0 and against the spread. The past two games, they played at home. They had a bye week, we know, in the middle of them. So that means in the past three weeks, they haven't been traveling. They're nice, comfy. What did I ask you last week, Greg? You like sleeping in your own bed, don't you? So do these guys, let me tell you. Northwestern just got a beating at home against Michigan State. And let me tell you, going on the road to Wisconsin, it just doesn't get easier for them, right? Wisconsin has just been a train. They run the ball. They control the clock. They 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 cover. Why do they cover? It's exactly what I said, because they score with these long, methodical drives, running the clock. The clock's always running, and they're scoring, and then they get stopped. Before you know it, there's six minutes left in the second quarter, and they're up 21-0, and you just don't know what hit you. I think this is a great play. Another one of my plays that I've spoke about all year, why I'm specifically playing Wisconsin first half, minus 13 and a half, for a top play. They'll be up two touchdowns or more at halftime. Book it. Hard to argue with that. I mean, as you kind of alluded to, Wisconsin, very impressive last week, and I was obviously on the wrong end of that one. I'll take it. You got me there. Uh, you're going to go to another powerhouse on the first half. Oh, here. by the way, quick little note. Um, Wisconsin 3-0 against the spread. Northwestern is not only 0-3 against the spread full game, 0-3 against the spread first half, Greg. I mean, so take this little trends out of three games, what you will, but that just tells me that Northwestern, you know, they, they don't know how to cover the spread. We're both on your guy, Jalen Hurts, in the first half, and the Oklahoma Sooners. I'll let you lead the way here. Oklahoma first half against Texas Tech. Man, uh, oh, God. It, it, was a, it, it was a real crime. My man, Jalen Hurts, was not in action last week. But let me tell you, he's back, and he is ready to ball. He had a week off at home in front of uh, in-state rivalry, Texas Tech, what can I say about this? Oklahoma Sooners are ready to explode in this game, Greg. Another play I love in the first half, minus 14 and a half. I've been playing Oklahoma Sooners in the first half all year. I'm going to play the minus 27 for the full game for one unit. I'm playing minus 14 and a half for the first half for two units. Coming off a bye at home in front of their crowd in state rivalry. They're going to take it to them. They're going to be up by at least three scores in the first half. And Jalen Hurts, he's just going to continue his Heisman campaign. By the way, if you booked it with me preseason at plus 1,500 or after week one at 800 or after week two at 600, he's now down, Greg, to just plus 300 in some shots. So I like where my bet's going there, and I'm putting my money behind Jalen Hurts once again. One other thing I like on this game. 
Texas Tech was kind of sleepwalking two weeks ago against Arizona in a non-conference game, coming off of a bye, and now huge, huge coaching mismatch here. First conference game for the new head coach at Texas Tech, Matt Wells. And who does he have to go up against? Lincoln Riley. Welcome to the Big 12. Welcome to the Big 12. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm going to stay in the Big 12, actually, and I'm going to go to the Baylor. Uh, Greg, one note. I'm sorry. I I apologize. Before we move on from that game, I also did play the under 71. Um, I think Oklahoma's defense is going to come with some nice adjustments, like you said. I think there's a big coaching coaching mismatch here, and I think Texas Tech will struggle to score more than we think. And I think 71 is a lot of points. I like the under 71. As I said, I am going to stay in the Big 12 next, and I am going to go to the Baylor Baylor Bears excuse me, as a short home dog against the Iowa State Cyclones. Here's what I'm seeing. First off, Iowa State coming off of a victory last week against, albeit Louisiana Monroe. The game before that against Iowa, which I think a lot more telling as to the Ohio State team we're going to see. They didn't score that much against Iowa, only 17 points. 29 against FCS Northern Iowa, too. So that right off the bat tells me I don't know that I feel comfortable laying points with Iowa State. I also have Iowa State under eight wins. This was a game that I circled and thought this would be a tough one for Iowa State to go into Waco. Third year for my guy, former Temple coach Matt Rule. And let me tell you about Matt Rule as an underdog, Matt. 14 times he's been an underdog of seven points or less. He's won 11 of those 14 games outright. This guy gets his teams up to play. I saw it at Temple. They were ready every time they were counted out as the dog. And another interesting little thing I like about this game, Baylor, very unconvincing 21-13 victory last week against Rice. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of an overreaction. Now they're coming into their first conference game as a home dog. Had they blown out Rice the way they blew out Stephen F. Austin and UTSA in their first two games, this game probably is around Pickham. So I think that's an overreaction. I think Matt Rule, as I said, he's very successful as a dog. I think he kind of rides that narrative a little bit this week. Give me the Baylor Bears plus the two and a half against Iowa State. Greg, I don't hate it. I like where your head's at, and I do think it's going to be a competitive, uh, slight rivalry game here. That's why I actually did side with the under in this game. Uh, Let's keep it moving, and we're going to go to South Bend with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, I'll let you start. I just went with Baylor. I have a play on this game as well, but Notre Dame and Virginia, what do you got? Greg, you know— I'm going to sound really repetitive. It's going to quite. It's going to be kind of funny by the time we finish this college football segment. But Greg, you take a guess. Where do you think I'm going with this one? Okay, let the let the, let the listeners know. Wisconsin first half, Oklahoma first half. Something tells me you're going Notre Dame first half. Greg, you got it, man. I got this at six and a half. Some shops have it up to seven. I did pay a slight bit more juice for this. I believe I'll have to. Double check, but I believe it was around minus 135. And, Greg, I was happy to pay that at six and a half. It's still available some out there. If not, seven is fine. I like what I saw. I don't know if you did, but I like what I saw Notre Dame last week. They put up a fight against Georgia on national television, on the road, you know. Obviously, for Notre Dame fans, not the outcome you wanted, but they put up a fight. They're going to come home. They're going to play this this quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes, Greg, you can't see, but quote-unquote ranked 4-0 UVA team. I, I, I don't really know who they've beaten or if they're that good. Yes, they beat FSU. We know FSU has been struggling. Old Dominion, William and & Mary, and they won at Pitt. I'm not buying this 4-0 and number 18 ranking from the Virginia Cavaliers. And I don't think the Fighting Irish are either coming in. And they they just put up a big fight on the road against Georgia. They're going to come home in South Bend in front of their home crowd. They're going to get the party started early here, and they're going to be up. I I think seven is fine because I wouldn't be surprised if they're up two, three scores the first half. They're looking to run UVA out of South Bend in a hurry. You know, this is the side I would take. My stronger play, though, is actually going to be on under the total uh, as I bet this at – 48 and a half. I like it under because I really liked what I saw out of Notre Dame's defense last week. They were flying around. Yeah, they were keeping them right in that game. Only allowed 23 points against the Bulldogs. Uh, and so I, I, I have to think 
even though they lost the game, I think Notre Dame exceeded a lot of people's expectations uh, because of what we knew about Notre Dame in these big spots in the past. So I think in a weird way, while they lost the game, I think they're going to come out pretty motivated here, uh, which is why I, I do like that play of yours. But I think the motivation particularly lends itself to defense, flying around, keeping a Virginia team that hasn't been like they didn't look great at all against Old Dominion last week. I was on Old Dominion plus. They're overrated, Greg. That was overrated. No sweat winner. Uh, and then you look at Virginia defensively. They've been pretty good. 14 points allowed against Pittsburgh, 17 against William and Mary. The high watermark was 24, I'm sorry, allowed by Florida State. So when I look at this game, I think both defenses show up. Uh, Notre Dame's going to win this game. I would lean to them laying the points, but I certainly like it under 48 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think we can agree, kind of like what you alluded to. Notre Dame, you know, for their standards, obviously we know, realistically know, but they, they almost, they won the game. You know, they they had a moral victory losing sure. to Georgia the way they did is what I think we're both getting at. And although it sucks that they lost the game and they're going to be upset, I do think they carry that pride of how they performed against Georgia on the road in national television, and they parlay that right into the first quarter and first half in front of their home crowd of South Bend, and I can't wait to see how they come out because UVA is fake. They are pretenders, Greg. Keep us rolling with the first half favorites. You're on the Auburn Tigers. Greg, uh, again, I said I'm going to be repetitive. I'm going to one of my favorite teams I've been betting all year. I I don't mean to toot my own horn once again. Listen, this is the most impressive result of last week. The fact that they went in College Station and played that way, that was very impressive. Greg, and let me tell you, you know, I'm not going to get on you too much, but I'll I'll let you get on me later in the season. But what did I tell you? The Auburn Tigers are for real. They went into College Station, and they did exactly what I said they were going to do. Their defense and their big boys in the front showed up, didn't even let Texas A&M eclipse 21 points, held them to 20, had an impressive underdog win on the road. Auburn is 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. Greg, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, this dates back to last year. I believe Auburn has covered now eight or nine in a row. So we we, we know good teams win, but great teams cover, Greg. Oh, and this sure. is what Auburn is. This Auburn team is special. And I tried to tell you last week, Greg, I really think they got something brewing there. And I really am excited to see when they play Alabama later in the year. I'm going to be looking to be on Auburn that game. Mississippi State, yes. They beat Kentucky last week. I was on them. I know they covered. We were on Kansas State, both of us, two weeks ago when Mississippi State lost at home. Uh, Let me tell you, Mississippi State has been at home the past three weeks. Now they're traveling. This is the kind of game that Auburn, coming off Texas A&M, they are full pedal on the gas. You don't win that game and College Station to come home and have a letdown game against Mississippi State. In my mind... That just doesn't happen. That's not what great teams do, and Auburn is a great team. This this would just totally erase what they did last week. So instead of coming home and not looking at this Mississippi State game as something serious or anything, it's the opposite. They are looking to keep their foot on the gas because after this, they're playing at Florida. So this is actually not what I would consider a sandwich spot. Normally, we would talk about it. This is an Auburn team that is fully focused because they know what they need to do to get to the college football playoffs. Unlike, you know, some other teams where they just got to win everything. No, 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 no. Auburn has a tough road and every single game matters, right? If they lose this game or don't look good and they go into Florida struggling after this one, that's going to cause problems. They need to keep their foot on the gas and they're going to come home in front of their home crowd and parlay, as I said last time, their road win against Texas A&M into this Mississippi State game, and I'm playing Auburn on the first half, and I got that at minus six and a half. I think they're easily up, um, easily up by a touchdown or more at halftime, and I also played them full game minus ten. Well, I'll just tell you, I love this bet because I uh, am on Mississippi State uh, season win total under seven and a half. So I certainly hope that uh, Auburn rolls right through the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Let's wrap things up. In Lincoln, or at least wrap things up on the college slate with our plays in Lincoln. We both have a play on the college game day game this week, which is the Nebraska Cornhuskers hosting the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
uh, as as we look at one of the maybe the biggest game of the week. Obviously, that's why college game day in, in Nebraska for the first time in almost two decades. Greg, do you know what this line was in about June? Do you know what this line was? I just want to ask you. Do you know? I, uh, no, there's no wrong answers. I won't be upset. I just want to know. Well, I'll, I'll start by saying right now the lines that Ohio State is a 17-point favorite. I would say in June this was Ohio State is a 10-point favorite. Greg, in June, you could have gotten Ohio State. Uh, granted, there was a lot of hype coming into Nebraska this that's, year. I didn't, that's I didn't what know, I'm know thinking. that. Yeah. Greg, you, I've seen tickets out there from, from people, and I'm tipping my cap. I am bowing down to you. Ohio State minus four and a half. Oh, Great. my gosh. I mean, if you got that in June, good for you. Text me, call me, whatever, because I want to know Holy what you got for next year because you did really well. And let me tell you, if you're on the other end and bought the Nebraska train, you can rip up your ticket now and you should take the rest of the year off because I don't know what the hell you were thinking. Um, I'll start just as you say that. I do like Nebraska plus the 17, though. That's because... fine, but you got two more touchdowns than these guys at four and a half. <laughs> good, good, yes. As I mentioned, first time college game day is in Lincoln in almost 20 years, and you have a Nebraska team that, yes, there was a lot of hype, and yes, they barely survived last week against the lowly Illinois fighting Illini, but they still come into this game at 3-1, and one, undefeated in the Big Ten, and it's games like this that Scott Frost return to his alma mater to restore order for it. I'm not saying Oklahoma or Nebraska is going to win this game outright, but I do start to think that sometimes what you mentioned, Matt, about that value on Ohio State, I, at some point you have to draw the line. And I do think at a certain point the Buckeyes are going to price themselves out of the market with how this train has just been rolling through every opponent in sight. I think Nebraska is going to play hard for 60 minutes, and I think their crowd is going to be into this, and they're going to stay into it, which is why I think the back door could be open here late. I think that Adrian Martinez will do enough to keep Nebraska close enough. He's a guy that got some Heisman buzz at the beginning of the season. Again, not saying that Ohio State is going to lose this game outright, but I do think Nebraska— Yeah, I, I hope not, Greg, because we would have to cut the show right now. <laughs> Although, hey, we have seen Ohio State— No, 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 no. At Iowa, uh, at, North, at uh, Purdue a couple years ago, that was a bad spot for them. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm taking the points. And honestly, yeah. I feel pretty good about it. In this kind of spot, in this kind of home field, uh, this is everything that Nebraska has been waiting for as a program for a while. So I think that they will keep this close enough to cover. Greg, I love everything you said. I can't disagree with anything. The three words you said that really lit up my eyes, the back door is open. I guess that's four words. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't count. Whatever. That's exactly why I went to my favorite play, of the year, I've cashed four out of four times, and I will be cashing it for a fifth straight week. Ohio State first half, like I said, four for four in the first half spread. They've covered all first half spread, and Greg, it hasn't even been freaking close. Nebraska two and two on the first half this year. You know, game day's there. I get it. The crowd's gonna be rowdy. Everything. At the end of the day, this Ohio State team is too quick, too talented, too fast. You know, they're going to come out. Real quick and ask, like, at what point – you talked about that Jalen Hurts Heisman ticket. At what point, if this train keeps rolling for Ohio State, do you worry at all about uh, Justin Fields? The thing is that, that worries me – not worries me. Naturally, it, it, Oklahoma's just going to be scoring more points. And naturally, I've, I've noticed that Oklahoma keeps the foot on the gas more than Ohio State does. Sure. So naturally, that leads me to believe Jalen Hurts is just putting up – is going to end up putting up more stats. As well as we know, once it gets into conference play, we know the defensive difference between the teams in the Big Ten versus the teams in the Big 12. So, yes, Justin Fields will have an amazing year. I, I am – as I took Ohio State over win totals, as I did Oklahoma, I took them both to make the playoffs. You know, I probably should have taken a little flyer on Justin Fields for the Heisman, but ultimately, I see both of these teams at very similar levels, right? Winning their conference, going undefeated, but ultimately, I just see Jalen Hurts getting the better stats, along with the fact that Jalen Hurts, obviously, we know, is a better runner. And I think he's already ahead of Justin Fields. And by, I think, the bookmakers agree with me as he's the second or third favorite. So I don't really see 
Justin Fields surpassing Jalen Hurts at any point in the season because they're clearly trending the same way. So he's already ahead and they're going to keep trending the same way. But to my point, you know, I'm playing Ohio State in the first half. There, there, there's there's nothing that is going to take me away from playing this play. I'm going to play it here, and I'm going to keep playing it at least until I lose. I'm going to I'm gonna reevaluate. There's no reason for me not to play it until I lose because they have been an absolute money train in the first half, blowing away their opponents, and just coming out prepared, coaching. They are prepared to start the game. They know what they have to do. And they do it, Greg. And I'm taking them on the first half. And exactly what you said, why I'm not playing the full game, the longer this goes on the road with that crowd, with that team, you know, wanting this this underdog play, you know, it leaves room for the back door. There's no reason why Ohio State it can't be up 20, 20, 20 points and, and Nebraska scores a touchdown. They, they don't care about that. You know, do I think that's going to happen? No. Am I playing Nebraska on the points? No. Am I playing Ohio State on the points? No. I'm taking Ohio State minus 10. First half for a two-unit play. Book it. It's a winner. There we have it. Ohio State first half minus 10 from Matt. Nebraska full game plus 17 from me. Let's take a break. We'll come back and go to the NFL next. A few of us on this show use Harry's Razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Well, Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted engronomic handle for an easy grip, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade will give you a close shave and a rich lathering shave gel will leave you smelling great and also get the travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show at the end of a hard week it's great to sit down take some time off and watch some football game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives running backs racing down the sidelines with no one stopping them there's nothing like the nfl and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them so do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag no one gives you more ways to win than they do mybookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. Where I play, and it's where you should as well. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, do it with mybookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Twitter, along with Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers. You might know him as on Twitter. We're going to go to the National Football League. It's week four in the NFL, one game already in the books with the Eagles and Packers last night at Lambeau Field. And Matt, let's go to Western New York for our first game where we both have plays on the New England Patriots and the Buffalo. Greg, Greg, before we get to this actual game, let me tell you, this slate, I am licking my chops at this week four slate. I love it. I love it. We got some exciting games. I can't wait to park myself in front of the couch and make some fucking money on Sunday. I don't know about you, but we are making a lot. Well, let's get to it. How are we making money on the Patriots and the Bills? Let me tell you. We're taking the under, right? I know you're with me here on the under. I am with you. Um, I, I know you're with me. I took the Patriots first half for a one-unit play, too. I think um, I think the Bills are real fake at 3-0. and Yeah, I don't know who they've beaten. 
I really don't. I, I mean, I do, Greg, but I really don't. They beat the Bengals, who are 0-3. They beat the Jets, who are 0-3. And they beat the – let me well, let me, let me clarify this very clearly. They beat the Eli Manning Giants, who are 0-3. Yes, if Eli Manning played against the Bucks, they would be 0-3. So they played the Eli Manning Giants. So they played three 0-3 teams, and they're 3-0. and Now, you want to flip the script and say, who have the Patriots beaten? Sure, yes, they've beaten the Dolphins, the Steelers, and the Jets. We can laugh and say they've beaten three 0-3 teams as well. But let's be real. It's the New England Patriots. It's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. I, I, I Don't give me that they've beaten uh, three 0-3 teams. Greg, have they even let up a touchdown yet, the Patriots? Uh, defensively, they did not let they up a right? touchdown against Pittsburgh. They, and and, the, yeah, and the Jets had a correct. special team. Yeah, okay. So three games, they haven't let up a touchdown. I don't really care how bad the team is. These are still NFL players. And through three games, that's, you know, I, I'm not that good at math, Greg, but that's 12 quarters. They have not allowed a defensive touchdown. You know, and Josh Allen, cool. He's like runs a little bit and passes a little bit. I don't care. I, he's not, he's not, the New England Patriots are going to come out. And, and the fact that they're only seven point favorites against the Bills, and the fact that the Bills are 3-0, they, yeah, I know they struggle in September games, but the Patriots are not going to, first off, they're not going to lose this game and let the Bills be a game up with a tiebreaker game against them on the division. It's it just, this is this is damn near as important of a game as the Patriots have played in September in a while. Because when was the last time they played a division uh, a division team that was also 3-0 in September? The clash of 3-0. Let me tell you, they're not going to let the Bills be 4-0 while they're 3-1. That's besides the point. That's why I'm playing first half. They're going to come out. They're going to perform. They're going to do business as usual. And, yeah, maybe the Bills hang around and they get, a, as we spoke a spoke about before, a backdoor cover towards the end. That's fine. I'm not playing the first half. Nor is this a huge play for me. I'm just playing the Patriots You're on the first half. The no, I got minus four and a half. I expect them to be up touchdown at half, around a touchdown at half. I actually got that at plus 110 odds. I know it's down – to probably four at, at, at uh, minus 110 odds, but I like the four and a half at plus odds, and, and I expect them to come out business as usual. Again, this is just a classic under spot. I think it's going to be a real grind-out game. The Bills' best way to try and win this game is to keep the ball out of, obviously, Tom Brady's hands, and you know how the Patriots operate. Long, methodical drives, wear your defense out, get in and get out, keep the clock moving, business as usual, First half Patriots and the under full game. Book it. Two winners, 2-0. Two and up. I like the under full game as well. Uh, for a lot of the reasons you touched on, that Pat's defense has been lights out. And it goes without saying, Buffalo doesn't have a ton of playmakers on the outside. They're going to win games by long, methodical drives as well. And their defense has been pretty good so far. I, so I agree with you on the under. I actually do like Buffalo full game. I took them plus 7.5. I will say, very important though, I don't like this play. Uh, I, I probably pass at the current number at plus seven. Uh, so the fact that I got that hook, it just goes to show uh, the differences and the competitive advantages that you can gain or maybe lose if you don't get in at the right times. I just think this is going to be one of, if not the best home field advantages in the NFL this weekend. I think that Buffalo, that crowd's going to be going nuts considering the, the magnitude of this game for them. When's the last time that the Bills have played the Patriots in this kind of a game? I know it's still September, but I, I think the crowd will at least help the Bills keep the game alive. And much like my Nebraska handicap, I don't think the Bills will roll over. I think they'll play 60 minutes in front of their crowd. And for that reason, I think they can cover what I got at seven and a half. But as I said, at seven, it's, it's more of a pass for me. Greg, I don't hate the play there, honestly, but no opinion. I can't bet against a money train that the Patriots are. But I wish nothing but the best of luck to you. I appreciate that. I'm going to stay quickly with another AFC East handicap. Believe it or not, that's right. I think we're getting our first cover from the lowly Miami Dolphins this weekend. Give me the Dolphins plus the 16 because it's more almost entirely a fade of their opponent, the L.A. Chargers. You mentioned Melvin Gordon. He's coming back, but he's not going to be on the field this weekend. We know Russell Okung, their left tackle, is not going to be on the field. We know Derwin James isn't going to be on the field. They're dinged up, and they haven't been that impressive. They lost at home as an over-field goal favorite, I think, against the Texans last week. They lost on the road in Week 2 against the Detroit Lions. Uh, West Coast team traveling east. I think this is probably an, you know, 10-ish point win, unconvincing win for the Chargers. Just no, I don't feel good about laying almost 17 points with them at all. I like the Dolphins plus the 16, first cover of the year 
for the Miami Dolphins. Greg, I'm actually right here with you on this game. I got it at 16 and a half. I now see it's um it's down to seven, um, 15 and a half. I'm sorry, not seven. So, you know, got a full point there. I also played the under here. I, I got under 45. Um, I think it's a very correlated play. I think this is, like we said, like you kind of said, a get-in, get-out game for the Chargers traveling um, across country. Um, we, we all know that the Chargers are going to win this game. It's just kind of a matter of when they win, when the game's over, how much. That kind of seems like all the games are going to be for the Dolphins. By the way, a uh, little tidbit, plus 300 for the Dolphins to go 0-16 this year. Not bad value, in my opinion. Um, just saying, I think there is a chance we see an 0-16 Dolphins team. You're giving yes. up Dolphins over four and a half wins. Yes, I am throwing that ticket out. Um, and and that I'm not even throwing it out. I'm ripping it up. I'm burning it. The Dolphins um, really could go winless. Uh, I Teams really are going to take pride in being the Dolphins. You wonder why? Because who the hell wants to be that team that loses that, to this Miami know, Dolphins right, team? That, that is it. God, that would be goddamn embarrassing, right? So you yeah. don't want to be that team. But the Chargers getting Melvin Gordon back, I think uh, that's that's something that they have their eyes set on. And, again, they know they're going to beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins know they're going to lose. I don't think the Chargers really care about covering here. We've seen Phillip Rivers struggle in the red zone this year. And to that end, we then see their kicking game struggle. So, and the Dolphins weren't that bad defensively against the Cowboys. The Cowboys really did just enough to get the win last week. Then they come out, score two touchdowns in the second half, and, and that was all she wrote, right? I mean, they did right. get one late in the game, but they kind of hung around in the first half. Maybe Dolphins' first half is a, is a solid play. I'll look into that later. But I think uh, Chargers win this game, like you said, by somewhere from 10 to 14 points. I think we can see the cover. Let's keep things moving. I mentioned one of the previous opponents for the Dolph or for the Chargers, rather, was the Detroit Lions. They host another AFC West team this weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs, and you like a lot of points here, Matt. Greg, Greg, uh, this this game, this line just lit up to me when when I saw it. Right, I got in at 53 and a half over. It's now moved up one point to 54. Let me just give you a few little tidbits on this game. Chiefs offense. I mean. Huh. I, I could, I, I guess I could really skip this if I wanted sure, to, but right. sure, I'll put it out there. We we know what the Chiefs' offense is capable of. We know the Superman, sorry Cam, you're on the bench. The Superman, Patrick Mahomes, is capable of 487 yards per game, second best in the NFL. 392 passing yards per game, first in the NFL. 34 points per game, second in the NFL. What really more can you say about this Chiefs' offense? It is elite. Tyreek Hill out, and they haven't skipped a beat. They've damn near been better. I mean, let me tell you. The Lions' defense is just average, 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 average. They're allowing 20 points per game. They're allowing 395 yards per game. That's 10th worst in the league. Allowing 270 passing yards per game. That's 11th worst in the league. Patrick Mahomes is playing his first career game in a dome, Greg. In a dome. That is scary. No weather factor for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he he might throw the ball from a, 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 a touchback to for 75 yards in the air for a touchdown. I swear I would not be surprised. This man has a cannon, and it, it's not shocking. And don't don't uh, downplay Stafford in their offense as well. Oh no, they've you know, been 300, good. They've been sneaky good. They're two zero and one, right? So a not three and zero team, but no losses. Easily could have been three and zero if they did not play a shitty fourth quarter. They played an amazing three quarters against Wait, the Cardinals. Yeah. Shit the bed at the end. Easily could be talking about a sneaky 3-0 yeah. Lions team Man, here. Just moving but, forward with handicapping the Lions, like, you know, what do you need to see from them here? Is it just as simple as if they cover the spread, you're going to take them seriously? Just how do you take them serious? What in this game needs to happen for you to look at the Lions and say, oh, they're, they're legit? Oh, I'm taking the Lions seriously already. Um, they're, I'm taking them seriously already. They are. Okay. They yeah, are I'm on them in this game plus six. Yeah, I'm not personally because I just really can't bet against the Chiefs. It's an, you know, the Patriots and Chiefs are very tough teams to bet on. They they are the good, they are the great teams. They win and they cover. They are that good. They are that talented. I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I think it's a solid play. I just it gives me headaches betting against a team like sure. the Chiefs. But I, I, yeah. I think the Lions are are legit. Their offense has always been Stafford is, is as long as Stafford's been in the league, he's always been able to sling the ball. His problem's been what? He's had a poor running game, poor run a game, poor yeah. offensive line, and turnover issues. So with Carryon Johnson to come together a little bit, right? Exactly. With Carryon Johnson in the backfield and a slightly improved offensive line, not only does that help obviously the running game, it naturally helps the turnovers because he's not just forcing the ball down the field. 
you know, they're playing more football. They have a somewhat all right, you know, they're not that bad on defense, but they're not, you know, they're definitely better than what we've seen in the past. So they are, don't get me wrong, they're not a threat to win the division at any means, but they are a serious threat for any given Sunday to pull an upset such as this game against the Chiefs, which they're going to get up for at home. That's for damn sure. And we both had them two weeks ago against the Chargers. We did, and I had them plus seven against the Lions last week. I mean, against the Eagles, excuse me. So this Lions team... They are, they are, they are on their, they're trending up for sure. Like I said, their offense averaging 368 yards per game. That's 12th best in the NFL. They're averaging 22 points per game. That's 15th best in the NFL. And the Chiefs, why do they win games, Greg? Because usually because they outscore the other team. Their defense really isn't that good. They're allowing 21 points per game and they're allowing 396 yards per game. That's ninth worst in the league. So a team as good as the Chiefs on offense, their bottom half, their, their bottom third of the, of the league in defense, right? These teams have played a combined six games. Four out of the six games have went over the total number in their games. The Chiefs have scored 28 points or more in all three of their games. The Lions, yes, against the Chargers, they put up 13. But in their two other games, they put up 27 points. You know, and and, and I'm no mathematician, but 27 plus, I believe that gets our over 50 and a half. I think this was a gift at over 53 and a half. It's at 54 and a half now. Um, I, I would still play it at 54 and a half. I think we're going to see a lot of points. It, it's really hard to bet it under with a team like the Chiefs when they can score, when you go, when you get up off your couch, take a piss, and you come back and they have a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> give me the over. And I'm playing that for a top play, two units. From one NFC North team in the Lions to two that are squaring off in the Windy City, I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. I already bet them at the key number of three as a road underdog. This number has been bet down to Minnesota now as a one and a half point pup. But I'll tell you what, sometimes this matters, right? We always preach getting the best of the number. All of that said, I think Minnesota is going to win this game outright. And both of us are on Bears under uh, nine and a half regular season wins. And let me tell you, I was not at all impressed with Chicago on Monday Night Football. couple of short fields, defensive touchdowns. And tell you what, they almost let Washington back in that game. So uh, I was thinking, watching that game, watching Chicago get significantly outgained in the second half by Washington. Right, we haven't seen Chicago play a full four quarters of football so far. Exactly. You know what? As much as I don't like Kirk Cousins, I, Dalvin Cook looks great, and I sure like Minnesota to be able to go on the road and do their thing, and that's play defense against a quarterback who none of us are that impressed by and Mitch Trubisky to keep this game low scoring. I would lean to the under as well, but give me Minnesota to win the game outright. I'll gladly sit on my plus three and, and, and feel pretty good about that play. Just a quick little play there, Vikings plus three. I yeah, got this, this, this is a. This is a tough one for me, Greg. I mean, I will be rooting for you with my heart as I have a 10-unit curtain closer play on the season future of the Bears under 9.5. So I will be rooting for the Vikings outright, although this is a true stay-away game for me. Okay. I, I, I just cannot back Kirk Cousins on the road. It's just yeah, know, so tough it. for me. I know his road stats. And granted, I always have this um, – the bias of rooting against the Bears. This is a tough spot for me because I hate Kirk Cousins and I hate the Bears, but I will be rooting for the Vikings silently on the sidelines. I will be rooting for your bet, but I ultimately cannot back the Vikings. Instead, I played the under in this game for one unit. Like you said, I think this is going to be an ugly, ugly, classic NFC North battle. You got a parlay for us on a couple of AFC touchdown favorites. What do you like? Greg, I want to make this very clear for everyone listening. I know everyone listening is following my Twitter. And if you're not, you're just you're, – you're, you're doing something wrong. So if you're following my Twitter, you've seen what I've been doing all week with the MLB teams and, and the Colts, right? I parlayed a bunch of MLB teams with the Colts. So I now have about six or seven units to win five or six units on the Colts money line. They're going to win this game. I'm not worried about that. So let me tell you, if you didn't get it in on those MLB parlays – I have another parlay for you that I want you to play as a three-unit max parlay. Are you ready for this, Greg? Hit me. Remember, this is an asterisk. If you didn't get in on the Colts and, and baseball parlays earlier in the week, this is your Colts play to make money this week. Ravens, Colts, parlay, minus 125. Greg, call me as square as you want. Call me foolish. I don't care. The Colts and the Ravens are both going to win this game. And, and, and let me tell you why. The Colts are at home. We've seen the Colts 
outperform what we thought they were going to do. With Andrew Luck went down, they've been arguably the sneakiest best team in the league. They have a great offensive line. They have great coaching. And they are truly showing us that that's really as simple as it gets to win in this league. Great coaching, great offensive line. They have an above-average defense. And you know what? They have, keyword, a capable quarterback. They have a capable quarterback. You don't need Patrick Mahomes to win. When you have a Chiefs defense, you do. But when you got an offensive line, a coaching staff, and a defense like the Colts, all you need is a capable quarterback. And they have talent in T.Y. Hill and Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle. They have guys who can catch the ball. Funches. They have guys. This Raiders team is pathetic. They're playing a back-to-back road game. This is another early 1 p.m. start for them. You know, obviously, this is uh, um, 10 o'clock their time, body body clock-wise. You know, failing to cover the spread in their past two games ever since I took them out right against the Broncos. The Raiders are now looking like who we thought they were. The Colts are 3-0 and against the spread and 2-0 and in their past two games straight up. They had a nice home win against the Falcons last week. They're obviously staying at home while the Raiders are traveling to them. Colts have been sleeping in their own beds. I'm not overthinking this whatsoever. Colts win. I don't know about the points. I took, I mean, not that I don't know. I don't love the points for a max play worthy, but I did get in on the Colts minus six early in the week uh, for one unit. I'm not taking it at minus seven, no point, because I got the parlays and I got the minus six. But I like minus six there. And another play I'm going with, which is another play I got in on the spread early, which I'm parlaying with the Colts to make it minus 125, which are uh, payable odds for me. I got in on Ravens minus five and a half. It's now up to seven. I got Ravens minus five and a half for one unit. But together, the parlay, the money line, like I can keep repeating, is minus 125. Very, very valuable. The Ravens, you know when I said the Chiefs were second ranked in, in yards per game and second in points per game? You know who was ranked first ahead of them in both those stats, Greg? Uh, Take a ahead. guess. The Ravens. Take a guess. The Baltimore Ravens. What can I say about Lamar Jackson? He's been amazing this year. The Ravens' defense is great, anchored by Earl Thomas. I got burned on the Browns against the Rams. Let me tell you, the Browns just have not looked good. They got blown out at home against the Titans. They had four chances against the Rams at home. They couldn't do it. Couldn't cover. Their measly win and cover was at the Jets with their third-string quarterback. I can't back this Browns team. The coaching is pathetic by, by Kitchens there. Baker Mayfield is looking like he's due for a sophomore slump. The defense, it's been all right. I, the, Ra- uh, the Ravens at home here, they get the job done. They win. Give me the Ravens. Give me the Colts. Parlay, minus 125 for three-unit max if you did not play any of the Colts plays with the baseball earlier in the week. You know, just quickly, I'll get in on this. Nothing wrong with the Colts play at all. Like, they should take care of business there against Oakland. I'm just kind of how you just, with my Minnesota play, you're looking at it as a stay away, but rooting for Minnesota for your season win total. I am the same exact spot in this Baltimore-Cleveland game. My favorite under season win total was Cleveland under nine wins. So I'm certainly going to root for Baltimore here. However, just something fishy about the where where the line's going, and I know that you're taking them on the money line, uh, but it is still a division game, and Baltimore lost last week and was behind, you know, not covering most of that game against Kansas City, and then it was Miami and Arizona. So let me see it in this spot from Baltimore first before I get on them, but, uh, you know, nothing wrong with your indie play at all. Uh, let's wrap things up. We're both South Jersey natives. Let's go up the Jersey Turnpike to the Meadowlands. Danny Dimes and the New York Giants hosting the Washington Redskins. Giants are currently three-point chalk. This total sitting at about 49-and-a-half. We both Greg, have plays on it. Matt, you go first. Greg, I, I can't say enough about this. I saw this line, and, you know, I immediately got a boner, Greg. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> this was a crime. Bookmakers screwed this up, Greg. Over to opening this total at 46, I— Greg, I want to know who the man behind this opening at 46 was because they are an absolute moron. They should be fired, and they lost money for sports books all across the nation. I got in on this total. If you bought my NFL card or my NFL max on Monday, early in the week, you know I got in at 47 and a half. Obviously opened at 46, missed it a little bit, got in at over 47 and a half. It's now since climbed up to 49 and a half. And I'm, we're speaking on this and on Friday morning. Say, I, I got in here at 49 and I feel good. 
Greg, I wouldn't be surprised if this closes over 50, maybe sure. 50, 50, 50 and a half, and it climbs up another point or a point, a point and a half. I, you can't even, I can't even calm myself down because I was so excited to get this in at 47 and a half. And let me just explain something to you. That's the value of buying the card early on Monday or Tuesday, you know, because that's a field goal difference, right? The difference sure. between two points, obviously, it's, it's, not, it's not a three, but that's the difference between a scoring, a scoring play. Let me give you some stats here. There's been three games within the NFC East division, right? Skins versus Eagles. That total was 44. I was on the over. Finished 59 points. Skins versus the Cowboys. Total of 46 and a half. I was on the over. Finished at 52 points. Giants versus the Cowboys. Total of 44. I was on the over. Once again, finished at 52 points. In the three games between the NFC division, there's been a total of nine and a half points Oh, going over the over in those three games, that that's just amazing to me, Greg. That's telling you a lot of something. Let me tell you, in the other two games, or excuse me, in the other three games these teams have played, Skins versus the Bears, total 41, finished at 46. Giants versus the Bucks, total 48, finished at 63. The only game out of the six that these two teams have played was the Giants. The e, let me, by the way, the Eli Manning Giants against the Bills. And it went two and a half points under, Greg. Between the six games that these two teams have played, their totals are going over at an average of 7.6 over the total. That's over a touchdown over the total. These defenses are absolutely pathetic. The Giants are allowing 460 yards per game, second worst behind the Miami Dolphins. 31 points per game, second worst behind the Miami Dolphins. Do you know who they're tied with for second worst in 31 points per games? Oh, yeah. The Washington Redskins. These teams are allowing 31 points per game only behind the pathetic Miami Dolphins. It's embarrassing. The Giants actually, oh yeah, yeah, are allowing the worst passing defense out of any team in the league over the Miami Dolphins, 332 yards. That is abysmal, Greg. It's embarrassing to be a New York Giants fan and to root for that defense. The Skins, it doesn't get that much better. They're allowing 403 yards per game, seventh worst, and they're the 13th worst passing defense, allowing 261 yards per game. At the same time, Greg, here's where my over comes in. The offenses, though, really not that bad. Both averaging 21 points per game. We've both seen them put up over 30 points in a game this season, and they're both top 10 in passing yards. They're actually 7th and 8th ranked, respectively. At 200, They're both at 290 yards 290 yards a season. And let me tell you, Greg, as an Eagles fan, it hurts me to say this, but the Daniel Jones era, I am hopping on the bandwagon now before it goes any further. Yes, after one game, I am hopping on the bandwagon. By the way, it's not exactly one game because we've seen him do this in the preseason. So he now did in the preseason. You want to say it doesn't count, sure. But an 18-point comeback on the road, I mean, c come on, come on, Greg. 23 of 36, a 64% completion rate, 336 yards and two touchdowns. I know he lost two fumbles. That's fine. That's ball security. Real easy to look over this week in the film and, and to figure that out. He was also under a lot of pressure. Still, what did he have? Eli Manning did him. Four carries, 28 yards and two touchdowns. The team is energized. The Daniel Jones era is here. And they are going to let him sling it. I know they just lost Saquon Barkley, and that is why this is Daniel Jones' team, and they are not looking back. They have nothing to lose this season or this game. Daniel Jones will be slinging the ball, and in his home debut, the fans will be behind him, and he will go out there. And his over one and a half to touchdowns, I mean, I don't know what the prop is, but as I'm speaking, I love it. I'm going to place it right after we hang up this call, Greg. I I I'm going to place it because I love that play. Daniel Jones is here to stay. And I'm playing the Giants minus three for two units. And I'm playing over 47 and a half for a three unit max play. And I played that earlier in the week. It's now sitting at 49 and a half. If you have 49 and a half, I'm still playing it because this game is getting into the 50s and you can book it. You know, I'm just going to give you – I agree with everything you said on the over. I, as I said, got in at 49 and feel good about it. I am going to give you a disagreement. I actually like the other side. I haven't played it. I'm not sure I'm going to. Washington plus three, though, because it just feels like, right, like the big story this week in the NFL was Daniel Jones. And, oh, my God, look at all this buzz around Daniel Jones. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you have a Washington team that showed some fight in the second half against Chicago last week. So I don't think the Redskins are just yet 
ready to roll over. I don't think Kate Keenum just yet is ready to hand the reins to Dwayne Haskins. This is a buy low, sell high opportunity, which are the things I look at. Not saying I am going to bet the Redskins, but it would be the side I lean to. So I disagree with the Giants minus three, but I love the over for sure. Yeah, that's fine, Greg. You know, I don't mean to be mean again, but this is going to be I hope you're not playing that. I hope you just slightly disagree because I, I don't want to get the best of you for the fifth straight wow. game. But but if I have to, I, I you know I, I guess I will. All righty. Well, I, I I as of now I have not played it. Uh, so we'll okay, Greg, I still love you. Where where things go from there, Matt? Always fun. Looking forward to. Uh, we will be back on Monday morning actually with our recap. And hey, we got baseball playoffs. It's October. Right around the oh, corner. I'm excited, Greg. Uh, we're going to be on Monday. We're going to be talking baseball playoffs. I'm going to be recapping a few max winners. You're going to be recapping your max winner. I can't wait. Let's have a great weekend, and let's print some fucking money. Let's do it. That'll do it for us here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Greg Frank and Matt Siegel signing off. Everybody, please remember to play responsibly, and enjoy your weekend. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.